Welcome to Finding Health, the podcast that learns about the complex world of healthcare with you. I'm Brandon, your host. Let's figure this out. Before we get started, I want to ask a favor. Please take a moment to rate and review our show wherever you're listening. It helps new people find our show, and it only takes a moment. Hello. Hi, it's Zeke Emanuel. This is Dr. Emanuel. He's the Chair of Medical Ethics and Health Policy at U of P. He's a man of a lot of titles, but I wanted to start with the basics. Well, I think the, uh, you know, to some degree it finds you. Um, I uh, have been long interested in trying to expand healthcare, make it more equitable, uh, and I had also grown increasingly anxious about how much healthcare was costing, not so much directly costing, but um, taking away from other services, particularly education. So I think if you're overall concerned about the future of this country, you've got to be concerned about education, about the debt, um, and also about the fairness of the healthcare system. And if you want to change things, uh, you know, that's health policy. In 2015, Dr. Emanuel wrote an opinion piece in the New York Times titled, How to Solve the ER Problem. I wanted to know more. What was the ER problem, and do we still have one? In episode one, I shared a little bit about my experience visiting the ER in San Jose, California. I relayed some of that story to Dr. Emanuel to get his thoughts. We had some technical difficulty during the interview, so you'll have to excuse a few places where the interview breaks up. Do we still have an ER problem today? Yep. So about um, there are something like uh, 130 million emergency room visits a year. He cuts out a bit here, but he says that a lot of those visits could be handled outside of the emergency room. Now, there are a lot of reasons people use an emergency room. They don't know it's serious. Well, that's probably you're not going to get it out of the emergency room. Their doctor's office isn't open. And, you know, a lot of lower income people, you know, the argument was, excuse me, was made when we were passing the Affordable Care Act, you know, people using the emergency room for care. Well, it turns out, you know, using the emergency room for care is one of the, because they can't afford the doctor's office is one of the reasons people go to the emergency room. But there's lots of other reasons which we have become much clearer to people. For example, you know, Someone who's working, who's low income, maybe working two jobs, they're free at 10 o'clock at night to get medical care for maybe their kid who's been sick all day. You know, their doctor's office may not be open and can go is the emergency room. We haven't set out, you know, and educated people that, you know, that urgent care center right near the doctor that's also open 24 hours, that would be better. We also need doctor's offices to be open more than 9 to 5, to be open maybe 7 a.m. to 9 p.m., and different people staffing them, open on weekends, uh, you know, Saturday morning, Sunday morning. Um, So a lot of the use of the emergency room is not because people want to use it. You know, it's not a very pleasant place to get medical care. you got to wait. There's a lot of things that are happening. Um, But there are alternatives for after-hours care. There are alternatives um, uh, may not be great. So we need to, we need to 
first educate people and also create those alternatives, uh, either at doctor's offices uh, or through urgent care and other facilities. Dr. Emanuel presents a lot of great solutions to the ER problem. And a combination of staffing, alternative options, and education may go a long way to solving this problem. In episode one, when I went to the ER for my gallbladder, I started at an urgent care. I was frustrated with the place I went to. It cost $300. They took a urine sample and said, go to the ER. So basically, I paid $300 for someone to tell me what I already knew. When I was growing up, my mother was a nurse and had spent some time working in the ER. So she often impressed upon me the importance of only using the ER for true emergencies, which is why I went to an urgent care first. And since I've heard many stories of silly things that send people to the ER, I wanted to ask about them. Hi, Dr. Morgan? Yes. Hi, is this uh, Brandon? This is Brandon. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Thanks for uh, taking the time to talk to us today. Oh, yeah. No, and, and I apologize. My voice is, uh, is a little funny with uh, getting over a cold. This is Dr. Morgan. He's a great person to ask about a lot of things. My name is Dan Morgan. I'm an infectious disease physician and epidemiologist and a professor at the University of Maryland. So I asked Dr. Morgan what kinds of reasons he sees people come into the ER. Yeah, um, and I should say that in a probably the population I see is a little bit different because uh, I, I work in a veterans affairs hospital here in Baltimore. So uh, um, wh- one of the key things is you have to be a, a veteran to uh, to come into the the emergency room in, in the hospital that I'm in. But um, I, I think that in general we see kind of uh, similar people to to other community hospital emergency rooms, and that's. Um, you know, a large population of older adults with uh, chronic medical problems, um, you know, those related to obesity, diabetes, um, uh, a number of patients from nursing homes who are, are sent in from the nursing home, you know, often because the staff observe some abnormality or concern and they want them to be evaluated. Um, and then kind of a, a third population, I think, of, uh, you know, people who are a bit younger and medically healthier um, who, you know, may be in because of, um, you know, things that sometimes arise out of, like, substance abuse or, um, you know, or uh, kind of other kind of traumatic injuries, that type of thing. Sounds pretty standard. So I asked Dr. Morgan what kind of reasons he sees people come into the ER for but maybe didn't need to. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I think you know, big picture, I would say the emergency room is a place that should be avoided um, by by patients in, unless you have an emergency. One more time for the people in the back. Here's a plot twist: emergency rooms are for emergencies. Unless something is happening to you that cannot wait for attention, it's not for you. I know it may sound silly, but like Dr. Emanuel said, this is a big problem in our country. So when you're feeling ill. Unless you're in need of immediate medical attention, maybe try another option. Anyway, back to Dr. Morgan. I think, you know, big picture, I would say the emergency room is a place that should be avoided um, by, by patients in, unless you have an emergency um, for your own benefit. Um, I mean, that's certainly the way that, that, that I deal with it, um, you know, with my family members and, and with myself. Is a, it's, a, it's an inefficient place for most medical care uh, where there's a lot of frustrations and delays 
and unless you are truly having uh, an emergency that needs to be addressed immediately. Um, and so, you know, I think the things that uh, that emergency rooms are really made for and what they, they tend to do better with um, are, are people who have some kind of acute life-threatening emergency. Uh, if they're having severe chest pain, that could be a heart attack. If um, someone has a trauma of some sort, like, uh, you know, they, they've been in a car accident or they've, uh, you know, fallen down in, in a very significant way. Um, I mean, it's sort of that that type of thing where I think they, you know, if they they have some problem where they, you know, have some kind of excessive bleeding or something, I, I think that for for really keeping people alive, emergency rooms are pretty good. I, I think where they where they've had problems is that they've been used a lot for very broad, very while to evaluate patients, and I, I think that really um, just the ER isn't built to uh, to manage those patients very well. Makes sense to me. So the ER problem isn't exactly a problem with the ER, but a problem with use of the ER. I asked Dr. Morgan if we could play a game, and he was down. But first, a short break. If you like our show, we'd love for you to get involved in our organization. We're supported by listeners like you. Visit us online at reneecfrank.org to make a $20 donation today. It'll help keep us on the air and our organization running. And don't forget to rate and review this show as well. That's r-e-n-e-e-c-frank.org. This week's show is also brought to you by Advance Auto Parts. For 75 years, Advance Auto Parts has helped a nation of DIYers fix their vehicles. I don't know about you, but there's something wonderful about cruising down a country road on a warm summer night with the windows down and music playing. And the people at Advance Auto Parts make that possible. Whether it's air freshener, a new taillight, or some fuzzy dice, Advance Auto Parts is the source for quality auto parts, advice, and accessories. When you do it yourself, you want the best parts and the best prices. And just for our listeners, you can save 20% off your first order at advanceautooffer.com slash findinghealth and enter promo code AAP20CAST at checkout. That's advanceautooffer.com slash findinghealth promo code AAP20CAST at checkout. Remember in episode one when I tried to do a tacky game show impression? If not, you should go listen. But I've decided to ride that tacky game show all the way out. So let's play a game. I asked Dr. Morgan to play a game called I Can't Even Go to the ER. Because what else would you do with a national expert who spent years becoming a doctor but play a silly rapid fire game when they agree to talk to me? But first, a short disclaimer. You know, put put out the disclaimer there too that I, uh, you know, none, none of this should really, uh, you know, be uh, exact medical advice for individual patients. Um, you know, there's just uh, talking generally about problems here, and um, and, and that the advice would probably be different if you if for a patient who has uh, you know different medical conditions. Like if you've had a transplant, you probably have different advice than. Uh, you know, if you're a 25-year-old uh, healthy patient, that kind of thing. So, I'll, I'll get that out there. But I'm I'm happy to to uh, to, to to play along. 
We're just playing this game for fun, so make sure to talk to your doctor if you're having any of these problems. This isn't real medical advice. Okay, so disclaimer out of the way. Let's lightning round. First up, abdominal pain. Does minor abdominal pain warrant a visit to the ER? Yeah, so with abdominal pain, you know, we've we've all had it, and you know, we have it with some frequency. So a lot of it is about how severe it is. I, I think severe abdominal pain, um, it's often a good idea to go to the ER, um, especially if it's accompanied by things like, um, oh, like fever or you know, confusion, or if it's hard to to drink liquids, uh, that kind of thing. Um, I, I do think uh, mild abdominal pain, um, you know, off, often it's self-resolving, um, you know, and, and you probably wouldn't want to make the first step the ER, but to, to maybe check in with your doctor or, or give it some time. Or take a gas X. <laughs> yeah, gas X, <laughs> you know, water, tea. How about a toothache, ER, or I can't even? Yeah, I mean, toothache, uh, I, I wouldn't advise anyone go to the ER and, unless there was something really strange uh, happening with them. But, uh, you know, toothaches, uh, may, maybe check in with your dentist. Nailed it. Trouble breathing. ER? Yeah, I mean, so trouble breathing is, is the thing that uh, is one of the conditions the ER is really made for. Um, you know, people can have uh, trouble breathing from like a panic attack or anxiety. And if, if you were someone who was really, uh, there was some reason that that was more likely, then that would be a reason that maybe you wouldn't think of the ER. But for most people, if, if they really were having, you know, some sustained trouble breathing that lasted more than a few minutes, um, that would be the type of thing you want to go to an ER for. What if I have flu-like symptoms after one or two days? So typically not. Um, Flu-like symptoms, you know, all of us have those, um, you know, often on a yearly basis. And you won't get any better care at the ER than, uh, than if you went to see your primary care doctor. And in fact, you'll probably, you know, tend to get worse care for that. Got it. Now, let's say I've run out of medicine and I need a refill on my prescription. ER or I can't even. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's, um, the, the ER is probably the worst place for that. Huh. Challenge accepted. What if I've been through a bad breakup? And I'm feeling lonely. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, no, <laughs> not the ER is not a good place. Um, I, I was thinking, uh, it's it's kind of like what people say about the court system. Like it's it's there to punish people who who can't work out things on their own. And uh, you know, the the ER would would feel like punishment. I think if you were seeking uh, assistance for that type of thing. These may sound out there, but they're more common than you think. I'm sure that, that all of these things have been, have been seen in the ER. After talking to Dr. Morgan about the kind of medical reasons people may seek ER care, we should go back to Dr. Emanuel and talk about non-medical reasons people may seek care at the ER. You see, there are options for care, but some reasons people go into the ER aren't healthcare-related at all, and healthcare problems can't solve them on their own. I was uh, in the emergency room pretty recently, uh, not recently, a couple months ago, to get my gallbladder out. Um, and I went in just because of the pain. And I'd never been in an emergency room before. Uh, well, that's not true. I had been in an emergency room before, but my mom was a nurse. <laughs> and I was just visiting my mom and bringing her dinner because she was a nurse in the ER. But I had never been as a patient to the emergency room. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things I was really surprised at was uh, that for just the amount of people there was wild to me. Um, but yeah. there were like regulars. Yep. And people that would just come in. Well, so, th you know, this is, 
this is another problem, which is um, our healthcare system has become a, a way for people with other problems, social connection problems, housing problems, to access and get attention and get social interaction. Um, and we have done, again, job in other parts of our social support system of attending to these people. And so, you know, you just walk into an emergency room and you talk to someone. Uh, you get attention. People take care of you. They make sure they ask you, you know, are you warm? They ask you, are you hungry? And, uh, you know, if we had a system that took care of these people uh, not in the emergency room, we, you know, uh, you'd have a, a problem. There's also the other problem, which is people who have a chronic illness and the healthcare system's not doing a great job of taking care of them in between their intersection with their doctor or their hospital admission. And there, you know, they have heart failure, they have emphysema, and they can't breathe well, you know, so they're regulars because the system isn't doing a good job of taking care of them at home when they're not seeing a doctor. Um, and so they're what we call per a little pejoratively frequent flyers. If we had a better system taking care of people with chronic illness, um, uh, they might be fewer frequent flyers and we might be taking care of them better at home. Today's show may have sounded like a bummer. And I know you're thinking, Brandon, what can I do? Well, I'm not a medical expert, but first, get yourself a primary care doctor. Someone who you can see regularly and develop a relationship with. And if you're not feeling right, but not bad enough to warrant a visit to the ER, call that primary care doctor and talk to them. Unlike our game, they can give you proper medical advice. If you feel bad enough that you need to be seen, but your primary care doctor can't get you in right away or is closed, think about a visit to urgent care. If they can handle your problem, maybe that's the first stop before you head to the ER. It may cost you 300 bucks, but it's better to pay $300 and be told you just need some antibiotics than it is to spend thousands so you can wait for hours in the ER and clog up a system and potentially take an ER bed away from someone who really needs it. At the end of the day, you know your body best, and I'm not a doctor. So if you feel like you're having a medical emergency, call 911. My rule of thumb, if my problem isn't so bad that I'm not willing to pay for the ambulance ride to the ER, I'll start at urgent care. Finding Healthcare is a production from the Renee C. Frank Society. It was executive produced by me, Brandon Stewart, and this episode was also produced by Mark Rees and Megan Crutchfield, MPH, who also does our fact-checking and research. Edited and mixed by the great Benji Block. A reminder that this show does not constitute medical advice and should not be substituted for medical advice. You know your body best, so if you feel like you're having an emergency, call 911 or seek the advice of a medical professional. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to leave us a review.